Hello everyone, this is your host Judith Wave, nurse practitioner of the 4th Trimester MP show. So as promised, let's take a deep dive into postpartum depression. So what is it exactly? It's depression that occurs after having a baby. Most times it starts after 4 weeks, so about 4 weeks postpartum. It affects up to 15% of US women. Um, that's, that's a conservative estimate. Uh, some would say uh, more than that, you know. Uh, but in any case, we'll go with the CDC. They said approximately 15% of women uh, develop postpartum depression. These, you know, the symptoms of depression can last up to one year. And if it's not treated, it can convert to lifetime depression. So what are some of the symptoms of postpartum depression? As you can imagine, having a depressed mood, uh, lack of motivation, inability to, exp to experience pleasure, suicidal thoughts, um, thinking about death or obsessing about death in general, uh, fatigue. Now, I know that's a hard symptom, especially in the postpartum period, um, but it's something to think about and consider. Tearfulness, feeling discouraged, mood changes, and feelings of guilt. Um, sometimes there's an inability to take care of the baby, uh, poor concentration, irritability, so, you know, things that didn't irritate you before all of a sudden now do being overly anxious about the baby's health, there's some memory changes, having low self-esteem, too much sleep, too little sleep, and an inability to care for yourself or others in the way that you used to. Now let's explore some of the risk factors of postpartum depression. So if you had depression before pregnancy, you're definitely at high risk um, of developing postpartum depression. If you had depression or anxiety during the pregnancy, you're definitely at high risk as well. If you have any kind of stressful event that occurs during the pregnancy, hello pandemic, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, this has not been done. I think they, they should probably look to see if there was an increase in postpartum mood disorders during the pandemic, um, which I would assume, I would bet yes, there would be an increase. Other life events, um, and having a major accident, a loss of a job, a loss of a home, I would say loss of a partner as well. Um, speaking of partners, like if there's a change in social support during pregnancy, um, if all of a sudden you and your partner are no longer getting along, um, did you move to the other side of the country, things like that. Um, other things that can in increase the likelihood of developing postpartum depression, what if your baby's fussy? or colically, like my third child, you know, he had a lot of colic, and so it was really hard to keep up with everything else I needed to do uh, to heal. Um, and then having a baby who's kind of fussy, it, it did not help. High levels of childcare stress. So you're at home, uh, what if you have other children who are under five, and here you are trying to heal, and you have a newborn, that, that's a significant stressor. And again, um, if you had some, if there's, all of the time you had a great relationship with your partner, all of a sudden, you're, you're, he's has, he has to go back to work, and there's a problem um, about what, what do we do in terms of splitting household activities. Other things that increase your likelihood of developing postpartum depression, the state of the health of the pregnancy that you had. So did you have hyperemesis? Um, did you have gestational di diabetes? Were you preeclamptic? And did you have a traumatic delivery? Now traumatic delivery. Did you think that you were going to have like a kumbaya kind of vaginal peaceful delivery and you ended up with an emergency C-section? Definitely you'd be at high risk of developing postpartum depression. <clears throat> now, um, if you, 
if you are thinking that you may have a, a diagnosis of postpartum depression and you go in to see your provider, there are a few things that they, they're going to ask you because they need to make sure that they're treating the right thing. So sometimes you can have some feelings of sadness, uh, some generalized anxiety, some irritability. That's the first two weeks after you've had the baby and those are called baby blues. It's common. Up to 75% of women experience it. Um, it doesn't need treatment, like in the form of therapy or um, or medication. However, you just need social support, family support, even medical support. Um, if it's untreated, though, uh, it can develop into postpartum depression. So if you've just had a baby, you need to think about, do I have the support that I need? If you feel like you're not coping, it's important to take those initial steps to say, you know what, guys, I think I need some help. Um, let's proceed. Some other uh, other things that can mimic some of the uh, symptoms of postpartum depression. One is any kind of either having hypothyroidism and a hypothyroidism or any kind of change in your thyroid levels uh, can impact your mood. So that's one of the things that your, your provider would look at. Drug abuse, uh, drinking alcohol or other types of, of um, drugs. And there are actually certain medications that can cause you to feel depressed, even though you don't truly classically have postpartum depression. These would all be excluded by your um, clinician. The other thing that can mimic some of the symptoms of postpartum depression is postpartum psychosis. Postpartum psychosis, thankfully, is extremely rare. It happens only in about 0.2% of women. It requires hospitalization, um, and it happens in, in a lot of patients who have a history of a prior psychotic disorder, if they had a um, mania in the past, or a family history. And I'm going to explore, like, we'll, we'll do a separate module on, on postpartum psychosis, simply because it's very interesting and the, the signs need to be known um, because it, it has a huge impact on the family, as we know, and as we've seen recently in the news. Now, what are the negative impacts of postpartum depression? Uh, it definitely inter interferes with that mother-baby bonding, and it's very difficult for babies to be taken care of well if the mother is not involved. It can cause relationship strain with the partner who himself may have had some type of um, idea of what it would look like after delivery of baby, uh, and it doesn't match that. So it definitely can cause some relationship strain. There's a decrease in breastfeeding, and we know that's the gold standard of, of feeding babies after delivery. You can choose to formula feed, but we do know that uh, moms who are depressed are less likely to breastfeed, and they breastfeed for shorter periods of time. It also slows baby development, um, which can have long-term, as you can imagine, long-term impacts. And it also causes cognitive or learning delays as seen with, some, with babies in the long-term of moms who've had postpartum depression. So you go into your provider's office and you tell them, you know what, I think I'm not feeling as I should. I'm either um, don't want to hold the baby, I, I see some form of change, I'm sad, I'm eating too much, or I'm eating too little. The others around me don't think that I'm coping well. Whatever you need to tell them so that they pay attention, most times they'll give you a screening test. So the one that we typically use in practice is the Edinburgh Postnatal Rating Scale. And I've, I've included a link for it in the show notes so you can uh, do it yourself. Actually, I highly encourage that you do that. Now, when you do the test, if you score higher than 10, I encourage you to print it and bring it into to your whichever healthcare provider you're seeing. 
your OBGYN, your nurse midwife, a pediatrician, your primary care, could be a pediatric MP or a family nurse practitioner, but just make sure that there's a healthcare provider who's aware that you scored greater than 10 on this test. Now, if you say either yes um, sometimes or yes every day to the last question, which asks if you have any kind of suicidal thoughts, you definitely need to let a provider know as soon as possible. If you have any form of plan, you need to um, definitely call 988 and we'll explore some more of, of that later, but you need to take that seriously and let a provider know. And if needed, let your social support know. And if needed, go into the emergency room. So as we're here and you're listening, I was thinking of, of going through what is actually asked. Um, so the, these are the 10 questions, really easy, really quick. You can do this and, and get really good information that you can share with your healthcare team. And what you need to be thinking about is, do you experience these things under four categories? One being yes, most of the time, yes, quite often, not very often, no, not at all. I'll go through the different items now. I have been able to laugh and see the funny side of things. And you'd say to yourself, yes, most of the time, um, or no, not at all. I have looked forward with enjoyment to things. I have blamed myself unnecessarily when things went wrong. I have been anxious and worried for no good reason. I have felt scared or panicky for no good reason. Things have gotten on top of me. I have been so unhappy that I have had difficulty sleeping. I have felt sad or miserable. I have been so unhappy that I have been crying. And this in many ways, I think, is the most important one. The thought of harming myself has occurred to me. So I, again, I'd like to highlight the last, um, the last question. If at any point you think that's a yes, you need to let your medical team know. So how is postpartum depression treated? Uh, and I, I like to think about it in steps, right? S-T-E-P-S. Um, so first, def this is not in order of how they're treated, but these are the ways that these are the, the ways that it can be treated. So sleep, um, definitely we know in the postpartum period, there's a, there's, it's really hard to get eight hours of sleep. Um, if not impossible, if you're breastfeeding, even formula feeding where you're feeding the baby every three hours, but you need to prioritize sleep. So one of the things that I, I tell patients is have that partner who you can work with in whatever partner means, okay? So is it your mom? Is it your partner's mom? Whatever social support you can you can get who can hold the baby for you um, for the next feed, which would allow you to technically get six hours of sleep. Um, but we could work it out with schedules and I'll put some tips in the show notes. So, but you have to prioritize sleep. If you feel like you've, you have someone who can hold the baby for you or take care of the baby for you, and you cannot fall asleep, you need to discuss that with a healthcare provider because um, maybe you have some anxiety that you need to talk through and, and discuss. The other thing would be therapy. Speaking of discussing uh, what you could do next, so therapy could involve, um, it could be a social worker, it could be a nurse practitioner, depends on, on what your scoring is uh, or the level of postpartum depression that you have. And they can use either cognitive behavioral therapy or interpersonal therapy. And that would include several sessions, maybe up to 16 sessions, where you meet with them and they teach you how to think about um, with interpersonal therapy, 
who who's in your social circles uh and how does this this postpartum fit in your in your life that's one um and then with cognitive behavioral therapy they can teach you how to deal with different cognitions or different thoughts how to test them and how to make what one of my favorite parts of cbt is how to make lists uh different ways of of looking at at different situations then there's exercise um Exercise changes your brain chemistry and it's excellent for self-esteem and everything else. We're going to do an entire module on exercise. One, because I love it and two, it's excellent for you. Um, and then, but of course, we, we have to think about exercise in terms of the postpartum context. So you definitely need to have clearance first from your, your provider. Um, and then we, exercise can look like just having a walk around the house by yourself. Um, later on when you're stronger, you can go for a walk with the baby, um, definitely accompanied with someone, definitely baby being in a car seat and in a stroller. So we'll talk a little bit more, more about how you can exercise safely in the postpartum period in a future module. Sometimes treatment will include antidepressant medication, and that's a decision that you and your, your healthcare provider will make together. And the good news is that if you were worried about breastfeeding and how it would impact the baby, there's some good evidence that um, for certain medications that not a lot of it is found within the breast milk. Social support is huge. Um, and this is where you lean heavily on family, friends, um, your partner, apps, and, and groups. But you really you need to have contact with someone um, who's dedicated to you, at least on a daily basis. So what are some final thoughts uh, in terms of postpartum depression before we move on to future modules. Having a history of postpartum depression increases your likelihood of having it again. So it allows you, if you know that that's in your history or you just have a history of pure depression, you, you would like to have kids, how do we plan for it? Involve your team from day one. This is where you really need to have your medical providers aware of your history and you can start planning strategically from your even your first trimester. Um, getting treatment. So in terms of, of if you have had to start a an antidepressant, be aware that after they've actually found a dose that works for you, you may be on that medication to six to 12 months after you've gotten um, the dose correct. And that, that's just to get you through the period. And then you can talk about weaning yourself. You can talk about how, how to wean off appropriately. Um, and expect if you if therapy is added, and I, I think therapy should goes hand in hand with um, medical management, medical treatment. Uh, ex know that it would take about 16 sessions of you going. And in the first few weeks, you're going to see that that therapist at least once a week. Thank you. And I hope that you found that this was beneficial in your recovery.